0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to USTA Florida's Here to Serve podcast. I am very excited this week to have an awesome guest with me in Dana Andrews. Dana is a current member of the USTA Florida board. She's our president elect, and on November 21st, she will become our 2021 2022 USTA Florida president. Welcome to the podcast, Dana. Thank you,
1: Laura. You literally just
0: gave me goosebumps. Oh, well that's I'm very, very excited. Yeah.
1: But we're okay, very we're done. have you. woo
0: <laughs> <laughs> So before we dive into questions, I have I have definitely some questions for you, but before we dive into like the meaty questions, I just wanted um, to give you an opportunity maybe to tell our audience a little bit about your background in tennis and how you came to serve on the USTA Florida board.
1: Well, uh, for me, it started with my dad, and as a lot of you know, pretty much everything starts with my dad, if you're talking to me. Um, Growing up, I loved all sports. I have a sister who's five years older. She didn't seem to take to sports, and so I think my dad, when he saw me coming along, said this might be an opportunity to introduce tennis. I love, again, I was a tomboy, and so he was a very wise man, and when we lived in Pittsburgh, he took me to the US Open. And I remember we went on one of the first or second days. John Newcomb I think had been the maybe Australian Open champion. And no, he had been the Wimbledon champion and ended up losing in the first round. So it ended up being a big match that got a lot of publicity. So then we go back to Pittsburgh and I was ready to start playing. And so he and I went to a fabulous public park in Pittsburgh and that's how I got hooked um, we then moved to Jacksonville again another public park around the corner played there you know hooked up with an awesome pro again at a very small facility uh, public facility and was blessed to play junior tournaments made friends of a lifetime through junior tennis Um made good girlfriends even when i first moved to jacksonville who didn't play tournaments but it was still a part of our camaraderie um and then had the opportunity to play at the university of georgia of course i'm getting over that gator loss but oh no (laughs) 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 saying the dog cheer Uh, but i could do it you may see it at a meeting oh Um, excellent we can't wait for that But you asked me as far as how I got involved with USTA Florida. Um, what I love about my own story is it lets you know how open the organization is. I was invited to be on a committee because I actually had written a letter to the tennis magazine that ended up getting published, which was not in support of some changes that had been made in the junior comp arena. And, um things that an article had been posted about all these great changes and I didn't feel that way and I knew some other parents players did not feel that way and I felt like hey let me just send in this letter and then I get a call that says not only can you mind if we publish your letter and then I get a call from the chair Cindy Harkins at the time of the junior comp committee And she said, we'd love for you to come and be a member. To me, that speaks a lot for the organization, that you've got the negative or saying, hey, I'm not so in favor of this, and I'm invited to join the team. Mm -hmm. So from there, um, it grew into uh, Celia Reims saying, would you be on the foundation board? And who can say no to Celia? You can
0: say no I mean, (laughs) no,
1: the the dancing queen. then it moved into, oh, you're a lawyer.
0: You'd be great on Grievance. <laughs> and so, and well, you have been great on Grievance.
1: Well, we don't know who's seeing this podcast. So anyway, um, and then from there, like Nancy Horowitz and, and Bob Fender were so encouraging to me. And so I did dent interviewed for the board position and Robert Hollis was dear enough to take a chance and um, ask me to be a part of this board and it's just moved on from there and I've had the blessing of being with Clark's board and and now you know don't ask don't tell but here I am <laughs> now, now <laughs> it's the incoming kind of president
0: board and yeah. uh I love your story because uh, not only do I love the dad component and and really it's quite special. You're the first father-daughter president duo that we've had, which is really awesome to see, especially in today's world where, you know, we like to see examples of women doing awesome things. And here we are with our first father-daughter duo. And just uh, the other story you told is that, you know, how open we are to people who give us feedback and you know we don't always get the sunshine and roses we get the hey you guys should do this better or that better we take all of that in and i think you you know you're a prime example of not just being on that side but now on this side that you always listen to different perspectives and and i think that that's really special and we're very blessed and excited to have you as yeah. our coming president so let's talk about that as president-elect You've spent a good amount of time now, probably the past few years, evaluating the priorities for the organization, where we are strong, maybe some areas that we need to improve. So what do you feel are the most important things that we need to do to fulfill our mission in the current environment?
1: Well, obviously we've all learned that we can't control everything. If you haven't learned that, then you know, you're know you living under a rock. Um, for me, It's I'm, I'm very simple about things and it's, how do we stay relevant? Mm. That is number one. How do we keep the conversation going? Those two things. And so people who know me, well, I am not an it person at all. And, but if we've learned anything, having a great it foundation is without a doubt your golden ticket to staying relevant and staying in the conversation i mean i can't emphasize that enough and and i don't even like it i'm, I'm not it <laughs> but the fact that we've been able to do this type of dialogue yeah. and through this platform you know we've gotten feedback from volunteers players etc how do we open up tournaments you know what we could do better what we've learned in the pandemic Um, I also love, for instance, our volunteer aces. Mm -hmm. I hope if anybody hasn't looked at that, please do, um, because it's a way you can volunteer at your convenience and your geographical area. Um, We all know how busy everybody is, but this is a way you can give back and serve the sport you love at your convenience. So something like that. Then I loved, um, again, we're a community. And you can't lose that, but it's easy to lose it, again, if you're not interacting. And so seeing what families, the videos they sent in, how Mm -hmm. kids were practicing, um, how the pros were teaching, Mm -hmm. and giving, their I mean, again, their livelihood, all of that. So that's probably my number one, is that, again, we stay relevant and how we do this with the social distancing, in my opinion, is all through IT and social media. Um, Again, I like to keep things simple. Mm -hmm. Tennis, need I say more? As my article said, it's the best medicine. Mm -hmm. We've already seen the studies. It is one of the top things athletically to do that adheres to the precautions of COVID. But then when you think about the sport in general, not only is it a safe activity, you have to use your mind, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, in terms of all aspects of the game. um, You think about the social part of it. Yeah, you may not be able to hang around with your buddy afterwards for too long or with a whole group. But again, you're still getting that social interaction that we all want. I mean, we're craving it Um, and, and then you have the physical part of it, which we already know, you know, the muscles, the, the balance, the agility, um, all of those parts of the sport. So for me, again, I like to keep it simple and the sport sells itself. If we take the time to introduce someone else to this game. I really see it
0: as that easy. I think that's it. You know, those are great observations. And we've seen a boom. You know, we've seen this little boomlet happening right now where people want, you said they crave the interaction. They crave the physical activity. So we're very fortunate here in Florida that we have beautiful weather, a lot of outdoor sports, (laughs) and we can deliver tennis. I wanna go back to volunteers for a minute. You talked a little bit about volunteer ACEs, but I also know that you spent a lot of your time, hours and hours of your time, creating some new volunteer committees that are gonna help advance our mission even further. So can you tell us a little bit about the new committees we have for the 2021-2022 term and what their charges are?
1: I Well, that was one thing, again, I'm still learning too. That when I became president-elect and then as the time got closer and closer and we were talking about the committees, you know, I was told, oh, Dana, you can add committees if you want to. You can do, you know, that part of the job I never really thought about. And so, again, starting to listen more and more of what I was hearing, you know, from volunteers, from the staff, from players, Listening to the USTA, um, of where maybe could we, you know, fill in some gaps, and so one of them that I'm really excited about is public parks. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad grew up playing his father teaching him on a public park in Roanoke, Virginia. My dad then taught me on a public park in Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. and then I moved to Jacksonville, where I really take off as far as loving the game and committing to it. That too was at a public park. And then when my own daughter was playing and we're traveling and, you know, around the state, one thing I loved, I got to see different parts of the state, but I never knew how many gorgeous public park facilities there were, had no idea. And most of the tournaments were at a public facility. Mm-hmm. And had no clue. So that resonated with me. And what could we do if our goal is to grow the game of tennis? When I drive past a public park and I see it full, it so excites me. And when I see it empty, yeah, it saddens me. Yeah. So we do have a public parks committee this year. And we have a fabulous chair, Wendy Tatum, who really has a pulse on this whole arena Um, and what we really hope is that through Wendy's background and also working with the tennis management advisory team that we are able to work hand in hand with municipalities and public parks to say look these are some of the programs we could help you with what are your needs you know do you even know what USTA Florida could help you with right Um, just to start that dialogue I think is so important. Um, And so that's kind of the thinking and the catalyst behind that committee. Um, The next committee uh, is diversity and inclusion. And Mm -hmm. this one, um, I almost hesitate in that that seems to be kind of a catchphrase these days. And um, for me, that there's a reason why one of the main commandments is love your neighbor as yourself. This is a heart issue. And for me, it's an individual issue that then our organization, we meld into that with the people that we have volunteering, with our staff, players, everyone, that this has to be... A community effort, and I said to myself, "This sounds so corny, but I truly feel it. This is the heartbeat of the organization. There's, there's no question about it. And if, and you know, this is what, this is what we need to stand for. So, with that committee, um, and again, I don't want to see this as a check the box,
0: right?
1: I see this." as again, a heart, the heartbeat of our organization. And we're so blessed to have Trish Faulkner agree to be the chair. I mean, believe me, I'm on the phone with these people, please, please. please. And, um, so, and just to give people a little bit of background about Trish is that she's also serving as a liaison to USTA's uh, DNI committee and to USPTA's DNI committee. And so again, it has to effort and um and and so yes that committee um is new we want it to be ongoing i think this is something that usta florida has been working on no question about it it's just that we're kind of no pun intended raising our game
0: yeah i think that's great and you know when you talk about Trish and Wendy, you know it's important that people know that they've been doing this work on in many ways for a long, long time. I mean, they they don't didn't just start on this committee. Wendy's been such a leader in the public park space and such a great example of how to make a vibrant public facility. And then Trish, as you mentioned, Trish has been active uh, along with you in the pro women side for a long, 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 long time. And, you know, really pushing our industry to do more with diversity. So uh, it excites me to hear those two individuals are going to help us, like you said, raise our game, do the next level, whatever that is.
1: Um, And then we have a third committee, and it's investment and audit. And I know that might sound a little dry as compared (laughs) to the other two. And again, if you know me well, I am not your numbers gal. That's not my gift. Um, but with this committee, it may not sound as, you know, bells and whistles as the other two, but let me tell you something. This committee is as important or more important than any of the other committees we have in that if we don't have our financial house in order, we're not able to do all the things that we have that we want to do in reaching people through the game of tennis i mean that's what we're really doing and so thankfully again thankfully we have clark higgs who is uh you know his coming off as president has an unbelievable financial background and he's agreed to chair this committee and has put together his team and really this um is a committee that will work with budget and finance will work with the treasurer will work with the controller will work with you. And it's to make sure that no matter what comes our way to the best of our ability, whether it's a pandemic, economic downturn, any of those things that again, we don't have control over. We do have control to try and do the best we can with the blessings that we have and um, and so I think that's a very important addition to the committees as well.
0: I agree with that. one one fact that sometimes gets lost, people have this um, sometimes misperception that all of our funding actually comes from USTA, but in fact, we that's not the case that you know we do manage a portfolio. We do have funding sources that come from other places. So having this group, that's really proficient in the financial side to say, How do we keep you guys solvent and give you more money so that you can invest back is is really helpful. And uh, kudos to you and to Clark and the whole board for the incredible work you've done this year and the the past years to make that happen. So I want to uh, stay on volunteers, but we go a little bit, uh, a little bit in a in a different uh, world is that you were the first president elect to create a leadership academy to help us identify some new and diverse committee members. So how did the committee, oh, sorry, how did the Leadership Academy help us expand our volunteer network and prepare them for maybe some committee leadership roles?
1: Well, first of all, I cannot take credit for the Leadership Academy. <laughs> I mean, we had a group, we had a good group. That was something that Jasmine, who's on the staff, and Mary Conway, and yourself, um but jasmine i'll never forget brought the proposal to the board laid out what she envisioned and, and her say little task force um what they envisioned for the leadership academy and the goal was and i think the goal was surpassed um was that again we have been blessed with such great volunteers over the years i mean let's face it The volunteers working with the staff, that's the way this organization runs. Mm -hmm. And how could we reach some new volunteers that may not necessarily be entrenched in the tennis world, um, come from different employment backgrounds, um, could be a novice or a tennis pro, could be somebody new to Florida who, um, you know, came from a different section or just another part of the country. And so, again, it was a presentation to the board. The board supported it overwhelmingly. And I have to say, you know, I wasn't sure how it was going to look going into um, the very first weekend last November. And I'm one of those people, I get it. Time is important to everybody. And I see that we're doing this for two days, you know, different um, presentations, different speakers, you know, talking about different gifts that people have. Um, And I walked away from that and I was really so darn proud of the organization because again, we took a group of people away from their families on a, it was a Saturday, Sunday, I think. Yeah. And, and I think everybody walked away, which is what I wanted. Time well spent, yeah. You yeah. know, and and it got them energized about USTA Florida and aspects that they didn't even know about. Um, and then over this these past several months, you know, unfortunately we haven't been able to meet again. Although their virtual graduation is coming up yeah. tomorrow, um, but they've been exposed to different. Webcasts or whatever you want to call them, obviously not IT savvy, but they turn on their
0: e-learning That's um, right there. They were e-learning modules. They were on the good, web. You got it. Good,
1: good, learning modules. I like that. Um, but and that then um, exposed them to the different parts of the organization, but also just um, for me you know, doing the SWOT analysis, that type of thing. And I'm looking at some of the younger people and I'm like, oh my goodness, I wish I had done this back Mm -hmm. when I was your age. I'm like, whoa, I've had this all wrong this whole time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So um, in terms of what I think it does for the organization, and it opened up um, our doors to a bigger group of people, again, different backgrounds, different gifts that now they have signed up to be volunteers on some of the committees. And what I really hope is again, in talking to our fabulous volunteers of 30 year plus who are so much more knowledgeable than me, know all the ins and outs, but for the newcomers no matter what their age to then be able to be mentored by some of our long-term volunteers i mean that's a win-win for everybody and so you know that that's really the goal and and i'm excited about the next class that we'll have
0: yeah and and i know you you give credit to everyone else but i do have to say that the amount of time that you and the board members were willing to spend you all mentored these people, you spent time with them at the meetings. I mean, to be accessible to say we're we're taking an interest in your success in the organization, we're welcoming you in, we're here to answer questions. I think was, you know, really uh, at least half of the success, you know, of, mm-hmm. of that academy is to see this is this is the leadership and they're accessible and they're here to help me and they want me to be successful. So, I think that again, that's still a credit the fact that you all spent two days of your time sitting right alongside and saying, I'm willing to go through these modules with you and ask (laughs) questions and learn things. And I think they learn from each other. You know, we have new people come into the organization like Jasmine who bring ideas from all other walks of life. And then they need us to say, okay, and here's how maybe you can apply that to this organization with how we work. And I think that that marriage of the new and the experienced volunteers you know is really coming to a great great fruition and i I still am going to give you and the whole board credit for being very very open and and participating in that process because i i've heard nothing but good comments i know their graduation is coming up and they're all really really happy and excited so um so we do we did spend a lot of time this year uh looking at the diversity of our player base um, not just our volunteers, but also our players and our programs. And you touched on it a little bit earlier, but can you talk a little bit more about how important you see diversity to our work and maybe what you'd like to see the most in our outreach in terms of our programs in play?
1: Um, to me, this is basically it. I mean, this, this is game, set, match, that the key is to, again, get more, all aspects, backgrounds of people playing our sport. And now more than ever, it's the perfect opportunity. Again, going back to what the pandemic has taught us about our sport. But I I can't emphasize enough that it kills me if I hear someone say, well, I didn't feel welcome. Well, I thought it was just a country club sport. Mm-hmm. Um, anything like that I, I, sickens me, truly. Yeah. And um, I think about how, as an organization, again, we've been on this path, and we're just raising it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I see as an organization, I don't really want us to be scared to do try anything. Mm-hmm. I mean that in other words, we've obviously had programs that have worked extremely well, now maybe take some of those programs to a community or an area that you didn't think about. Right. And I think that's where too, the volunteers come into play because they have different backgrounds, different experiences, and they may have a different idea of how to introduce, say, family right. play in a certain inner city area or how to start a junior team tennis with an after-school program, um, it, or for instance, I love people may not know, but the our foundation now has a wheelchair grant. Yep. Um, so this is about all inclusive, and again, I want I I don't want to hear uh, I didn't feel welcomed or I didn't feel comfortable because that's not what we're about. Right. Um, and so I really do see it as an effort between the volunteers and the staff. And my feeling is between our DNI committee, the public parks, and also our tennis management arm, um, that those three I see as the leaders in not only energizing us but being innovative on how we can do this and how we can do it better and how we can do it well um because we all know it's a fabulous sport you know mm-hmm. as my mom used to tell me hey you take up this sport you don't need a volleyball team when you're 60. <laughs>
0: yeah that's right you can't I mean, buy one <laughs> I
1: mean, um but you know you're talking to somebody who has a dad who still plays three days a week at 88. i have a mom who didn't take it up until she was in her 30s and played until her knees gave out and so Again, when we think about diversity, it's, it's all ages, you know, all backgrounds, um, and I truly just want everyone to fall in love with the sport the way I have, the way my family has, and all of the volunteers that we have.
0: I think that culture, we've said it on this podcast many times, that if you're out there listening to this podcast, you can't find a place to play tennis or a way to play tennis. We All of our emails, phone numbers, everything, they're out there. If you reach out to anyone in this organization, you will find a place to play. It yeah. becomes our mission. Like, we will not rest until that happens. <laughs> and I think that's what's great about our culture is we all came to the sport differently, but we all want everyone to play. And it does break our hearts when somebody says, I went to this place and I was not welcomed You know, or I want to play, but there's nothing for me because it's only available at a time that I can't. We take all of that and say, how do we solve for X and you know, I know you've gotten phone calls from people, Clark. It's it's great. You guys are all very familiar with the tennis community and the the programs and the play, and you're willing to help anybody. And I think you you know that's what we're here to do, and that's what we'll keep doing. Pandemic, be damned. We yeah. will find you a place to play. Exactly. <laughs> with a mask and some and your own <laughs> tennis balls and wow, some safety so guidelines, that. but we'll get you out there. <laughs> yeah, lots of hand sanitizer. That's right. That's right. We're safe, but we'll get wow. you out there. The last question, is there anything else you would like to share with the players, providers, partners, prospective players, anybody that's listening to this podcast? Is there anything else that you would like to share with them as you sort of you come into your two-year term?
1: Um, First of all, I guess just to say I'm very humbled and nervous, excited um, about this role. I mean... I am. I'm very excited. I mean, here I am 60 years old and I'm still getting to learn and, but the serving is, is really the catalyst. Um, and I'm getting to serve for something that I absolutely love that obviously means a lot to me has meant a lot to my family. Um, I really hope that people see us, sees me as a listening leader, sees us as a listening organization. Um, I pray that, I want that, because truly, we're here to serve the community, which means players, volunteers, staff, you know, we're all here to help each other. And and even through the pandemic, I do have to say, I think we kept a good sense of community going. And we don't know what 2021 has in store, but we do know what we're blessed with. We're blessed with great weather. We have fabulous facilities. You're gonna see us more and more in the public parks. I've already told you the benefits of tennis. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and so truly I can speak from my own experience, from my child's experience. It is the best sport around. It is a sport of a lifetime and the, different people that you'll meet um, who may not have been in your work group, may not have been in your immediate friendship group. They will be friends for life. So that's really what I hope for us.
0: Yeah, I hope that too, and I think that um, we're just very blessed in so many ways. And I feel very blessed to be able to work with you for the next two years and beyond, because you don't you don't get to leave us after No, two- no, you have to stay. So. <laughs> So we keep you around doing all kinds of things. And I will say to those of you out there who maybe would like to volunteer locally and get more involved, you know, certainly reach out to Dana or to me or to any of our volunteer leaders. They're wonderful at talking to you and finding out what your interests are. And Dana, on behalf of our listeners, our staff and everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this podcast today and a and a early congratulations on your installation as our 2021-2022 president.
1: Thank you very much.
0: I'm excited. We are too. For those of you who are listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, just a reminder that you can see the full video version and leave comments and questions for us at USTA Florida's Facebook page. Simply go to Facebook and go to at USTA Florida. And also to see upcoming episodes of the Here to Serve podcast and see all of the topics and dates and guests for those, please visit our website, ustaflorida.com slash here to serve. Thank you all for tuning in and have a wonderful rest of the week.